Hi, and welcome to Facts and Blog and Podcast. Yeah, it's going to be different. I hate how I sound when it's recorded remotely, so we'll see if that changes at all in person. I know, man. On the headphones, you sound great and nice and nice and, uh, nice and very whitish. I, I can't do the headphone thing. It'll just throw me off. Yeah, I like creatures from the deep. Creatures from the you can win the new Crimson Trace CTS 1250 before it's even released, plus a whole lot more. Enter to win the CTS 1250 and CMR 204 on a special Crimson Trace edition Faxon FX19 with custom coding and laser work from One-Off Coding LLC. Plus, Lockdown Puck, Caldwell Emac Shadows, Tipton Pistol Cleaning Kit, tools from Wheeler, and two CNG Kydex holsters. Visit FactsAndFirearms.com for all the ways to enter. Hi, and welcome to episode 29 of the Facts and Blog and Podcast. We have a great show coming up for you today. Pat Murphy is here to give us segment five of our Facts and Move updates. We're also going to talk to Jay Wilson, our product director, about our bolt carrier groups uh, and what sets them apart from maybe some of the other BCGs that are on the market. Also today, uh, Jay's World of Eats returns. It's only taken us about 27 episodes to get it back on the air, but it is here and we're also going to have a special giveaway from our friends at Lockdown as part of that segment. And today we're going to start answering your audience questions. If you've been emailing podcast at factsandfirearms.com with your questions, ideas, uh, topic suggestions, guest suggestions, we're going to start answering those today as well. You can find those at the bottom of the episode. So without any further ado, let's turn it over to Pat and segment five of the Facts and Move updates. Well, as promised, our uh, director of sales, Pat Murphy, is back on the show the first time in the studio setup. Every time we've had you before, it's had to be remote. Uh, So we are going to be doing our facts and move updates with him, as well as answering some audience segments uh, or audience questions for the next segment. Um, So, Pat, uh, first, thanks for being here. Yeah, it's going to be different. I hate how I sound when it's recorded remotely, so we'll see if that changes at all in person. I know, man. On the headphones, you sound great and nice and nice and, uh, nice and very whitish. I can't, I can't do the headphone thing. It'll just throw me off. It's all right. I'm just making sure that I don't lose you on, on the microphone. But, Pat, you know, the one of the reasons I like talking to you on, on the show is because you – kind of came up through the rungs at Faxon at a, at an interesting early time, you know, the, the business had already been started, but you were right here, like as soon as things started to take off. Mm-hmm. And so being able to k- kind of see it from, you know, Iraq had already been launched and all that kind of stuff, but you've been here through pretty much every other product entity uh, that we've ever done and, and really getting into barrels and things and now the full firearms lines. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of curious where this ranks, this, this move and expansion ranks on kind of like your hierarchy of what, of what you've seen here. Uh, I think the move is huge. Um, it's like you said, I've been, been here since fairly early on. Um, and, and seeing the growth and the expansion has been huge. I mean, when I started, we had pretty much every key office personnel person within a small space within the gun room. 
Yeah. So imagine trying to talk on the phone, doing sales or customer service, and someone's test firing 40 feet from you. Yeah. Or someone's hammering on pins into the upper receiver and there's eight on every upper receiver. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just constant hammering and banging. And, you know, so going from that, that small space to having a a spot that's really our own is going to be a big deal. I mean, you know, and, and seeing where the company's at now and, and the amount of space we need for all of the critical personnel um, and the floor space is crazy. You know, I, I, when I was early on, we, we only had a handful of actual facts and firearms employees. Um, it was a roll of the dice any given day if we were actually going to ship anything because our shipping guy was Bob and Britt's son and he was in high school and it depended on how much homework he had. Right. So, yeah. you know, I was doing sales. I was doing uh, laser engraving. You know, I'd do the normal eight to five and then I'd laser engrave from five to nine or five to ten. Yeah. Some days we were shipping. You know, we had we had people who are now high up and 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 critical parts of the company doing shipping, customer service, right, uh, laser engraving, packaging of products. You know, I've taken bulk care I've taken five hundred bulk carrier groups home with me over the weekend so I can sit there and package them. Yeah. Because it's like we got to ship these next week. So right, right. It's got to get done. Yeah. Um, you know, so seeing the 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 level that we're at now and in what is really a relatively short amount of time for sure is is awesome to see. Yeah, and I mean it, that's that's the thing that you know I keep bringing up on these segments. But facts and firearms itself is only you know like eight years old, um, and when you consider the, I mean yes, we, we we have the legacy, we have the history, and and of facts and machining that's been around since the late seventies, but. Um, you know, them as our sister company now, firearms really only getting started since, you know, 2012. And that started with basically just the A-Rack and everything mm-hmm. came post that. Um, you know, I, I I think it's important to remember because a lot of people that kind of align us with different peers, other firearms companies in the industry, a lot of those other companies have been around for a lot longer. The, than us. The, yeah, that's a, that's a big thing in our industry is, uh, a lot of people don't realize how big some people are mm-hmm. and how small others are that right. that they may consider to be, you know, direct competition or peers in the right. market. Um, you know, a lot of companies with with their social media presence and their and how active they are um, can can appear a lot bigger. And I think that has been something that um, we've done, mm-hmm. you know, people uh, for for as big as we are, people sometimes think we're. 10 times bigger. Right. Um, and then there's other companies that you would think are 10 times bigger than us that are half our size. So it's, right. it's just like, it's an interesting dynamic within our industry. Yeah, for sure. And especially with how long, you know, each one has, has been on, uh, you know, been a player in the market, you know, I think is a huge deal. Um, but let's uh, talk just a little bit about how the move um, kind of affects, uh, you know, sales and sales support and things, because obviously delivery 
deliverable goods is going to be positively impacted just with dedicated space, new machines, more staff, more space. Mm-hmm. But also on the sales side, because when when you started, you started, you know, like you said, you were doing multiple things, but you didn't start at Facts and Firearms as director of sales. Correct. Uh, so, I mean, what do you think are maybe some of the, the positive impacts that we could see from a, a sales, customer support, what have you type type standpoint? Um, a, a lot of it is going to be just having a dedicated space for sales and customer service. Um, where we're at now, um, it's a smaller area. We're closer together. Um, you get two or three people talking on the phone at the same time. It can get a little bit loud. We're butted up against the machine shop. Right. So you get a lot of equipment running out on the floor and mm-hmm. people walk into our space from that area and they walk in sometimes and they're yelling yeah. because that's just the volume you have to talk at when you're walking through a bunch of machines. Right. So stuff like that where, you know, we can we can have a little bit more peace and quiet. We can have an area that's our own um, because we're in our machining businesses building, you know, the little things like putting stuff up on the walls and stuff, you know, when it's not your place, right. you feel a little odd doing that, or you don't, you know, feel like it may necessarily be appropriate. So being able to personalize our own space and everything there being facts and firearms is huge. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things that we've talked about more than once is the fact that, you know, yes, this is an existing building that we're moving into, but with all the renovations and the addition that's being added onto it, it's, you know, it's essentially a brand new building, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's pretty crazy when, when, uh, when we were looking at the building and I went over there and they were like, you know, I, we think this is going to be the one and I'm walking around and I'm like, I don't see it. You know, I <laughs> yeah. don't, I don't see yeah. it. And, it looked like an old bowling alley. Yeah. Like it was like yellow and brown and yeah. old and fluorescent. Yeah. C- cinder block walls everywhere. It's like, this feels a little dungeony. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's crazy to see that within the last month or two, the amount of work that's been done, how much the space has really been transformed. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at just the shop floor. I mean, that space is it's a night and day difference from from what it was a few weeks ago. Yes. So, and and that carries over into every space in the building. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things we've said before, but I feel like it's worth repeating, you know, a lot of manufacturing businesses will go through a shutdown period if they're mm-hmm. going to move. And and we are not, you know, as, as soon as we can take a machine offline just to move it, it gets set back up and put back online. You know, we're not actually scheduling any type of, of shutdown because we want to try to keep up with with orders and demand. And then once we're all moved in, be able to expand that some more with with personnel and, and new machines. So I think that's that's a big deal. And you and you want a nice space for your people to work, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere that is clean, somewhere that is fresh, somewhere that they feel like, yes, this is our own dedicated space. You know, you don't have like a stepbrothers mentality with your sister company, although we do stuff for each other. That's just how it works. But, uh, you know, I, I think that that's an absolutely, uh, you know, a, a big deal just for the overall, um, you know, morale and uh, and things. Um, while you're here, though, one of the things that I did want to kind of give you an opportunity to speak to and maybe, you know, answer some persistent questions is just about during this pandemic and during this whole gun run, which is the biggest we've seen um, ever, mm-hmm. and not just we as yeah. Faxon, but the country, um, as a whole, you know, I I think a lot of people 
you know, maybe they learned about us because of our website or because of our social media or whatever. And sometimes, which is shocking to me, they don't always know that we have quite a large dealer network. Mm -hmm. I mean, how, how many, you know, dealers do you think are in our network right now? Roughly active dealers. Um, active, we hover in the 500 area. Mm -hmm. Um, total overall dealers is just upwards of 2000. Yeah. So there's a lot of shops that, that have access to our products and can get them, you know, and, and it ranges from the biggest online resellers all the way to the guy who got his FFL and does builds for buddies at home. You know, he, he's a dealer and has access to our stuff. So, you know, we do have a pretty large network and that's that uh, we, we, we attribute a lot of our growth to the dealer network for and, sure. and helping get our name out there and, and uh, you know, helping get that exposure, especially when you're a small company, you know, the you're, you're trying to make it day to day. So, you know, the idea of maybe spending a bunch of money on advertising and things like that, it's just not possible. You know, even having a budget for that doesn't exist early on. So right. you, you depend a lot on those dealers to, to get you that exposure and and have your products in the mix with the other guys that are out there. Mm -hmm. um, so you have a chance at earning the business. And, you know, we're going to do some more official posts about it later. And, and we've talked about it briefly on the podcast before, but that is, you know, the, the way that we're set up, you know, we don't really restock our website you know, before mm -hmm. ahead of dealers. So, you know, if you're, if you're going through our website and you're like, Oh man, I wanted to get this thing or I wanted to get that thing, uh, check out the dealer network and, and you could start all the way at the top. People like Brownells and optics planet, you know, carry our stuff. Um, and, uh, so, so don't forget uh, to check out the dealer network and we've encouraged those folks to also, you know, tag us in social media posts or let us know, uh, when they're about to release some of our product, uh, so we could let our audience know as well. So, yeah, Yes, we're in full-blown production. Yes, uh, we're still shipping. Uh, we're still <laughs> shipping out the dealers. And we're doing it, you know, all the way through this move, too. So hopefully only thing that uh, you all see is a bit of an increase. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's a big thing that uh, I think a lot of people don't realize. Um, you know, in, in today's world, you have such, such access to the actual people making the products that um, a lot of people forget that they are available other places. Yeah. So, I mean, we're making more than we've ever made before. We're selling more than we've ever sold before. Right. Um, everything we're making is already sold. Yeah. So, you know, you may not see it on factsandfirearms.com, but but it's out there. Right. Um, you know, just earlier today, I was I hopped into customer service to answer a few emails, and I'm, you know, I, I one one guy asked about an 18 inch gunner barrel, and I go. We're not going to have them for a little bit, but we just ship some to, you know, these three dealers and I'm sure they'll have them any day. Yeah. So that that's we try to encourage people a lot to not only sign up for our in-stock notifications, sign up for them in, you know, three, four or five different places because you don't know who's going to be. You don't know who's at the top of the list. You don't know who's next in line. Yeah. So, so and, they may be getting a big shipment. And that's the case for a lot of manufacturers right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, even even some of the, you know, the the big legacy brands in this industry, you know, are, are dealing with a lot of the same things with such a big gun run. Like what was the, the numbers that we pulled when we did the expert voice webinar, it was like by, by time we hit June or July, we had already surpassed the amount of like background checks. Yeah. I think it was like by the end of July, we were going to have the same number of background checks 
that we had had in all of 2019. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's insane numbers. Our industry already has been every month for the last, however many years has been a record breaking month. But I mean, right now was beyond what, what I think anybody has seen, even going back to like Sandy Hook and, and things like that, that, that caused big spikes. I mean, right, right now is crazy. And, and, you know, a lot, a lot of times people get, can get a little frustrated because they're looking for something and just can't seem to find it. Um, but also if you talk to somebody a year ago and told them that, Hey, in six months, you're not going to be able to get toilet paper at a lot of stores. Yeah. They would have never thought that was possible. <laughs> exactly. So You'll in, be looking in, for masks to yeah, wear. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's interesting times. Um, yeah. And the firearms industry is not immune to that. So, you know, it, it's, it's, great as far as business goes but we also you know there's a there's a negative side to it we don't like not having something when somebody wants to come buy it from you yeah you know it's not a great feeling so no no not at all and and so i mean just keep that in mind take it with a grain of salt but i i think the the thing that you could take from any of our move update segments uh in the past several weeks is that uh the the facts and family and the other folks that are involved with moving this company forward are stepping up to the plate like understanding hey this is a spike we know this is a spike it's going to decline at some point but we know that this is moving us and gun ownership in the united states especially to a new level and and we want to make that commitment uh, uh to to the final firearms industry. Um, and with that in mind, uh, if you go to our website right now on our one of our homepage carousels, uh, the NSSF uh, has a great resource for voting. Uh, so if you are not registered to vote for the 2020 election yet, uh, they can get you helped out. You could click the link directly uh, on our website and search the hashtag gun vote uh, to get yourself registered and find the polling station near you. I think it goes without saying that uh, pretty much every gun owner has their favorite tools, their favorite things that they like to keep in their range bag or at their workbench. Uh, and it's no secret for us that the Wheeler Fat Wrench is one of those. We have several of these up in our assembly area with our armory technicians. And it's because it's a simple, great device uh, that can be used in multiple applications. It's an adjustable torque wrench in a screwdriver type fashion with a series of bits that'll help you with everything from rifle takedown to scope mounting and everything in between. Fantastic tool. Uh, so if you haven't checked these out, you could go to wheelertools.com and they're available in a ton of places, including amazon.com. But make sure you check it out, especially if you're looking for that one missing piece for your workbench or you want to give it to a uh, new gun owner to help set up their range bag. Definitely a great choice. Again, check out our friends at Wheeler Tools com and take a look at the fat wrench. Well, today we're excited to welcome back Jay Wilson to the podcast. And uh, Jay is, well, he's our director of all things product. And so uh, anything that you've seen on the shelves of our dealers or even on our e-commerce website, um, Jay is a leading hand in that. And, uh, and also he's a snack aficionado. Uh, but that's for another segment. But, ooh, it's very, very, yeah, very nice. Exciting. And Jay shares an office with Kurt and I right now, but we're going to be separated. And I'm a little bummed. I know. it's uh, It's been a good run. It's been a good run. When we move to the new facility, Jay and, and Zach, who will be on the show next week, will we'll have their own space. But today, uh, Jay is here to talk to us about bulk carrier groups. And, you know, 
obviously a lot of people, you know, first knew us for the A-Rack and then for barrels and other parts and accessories. But uh, over the last couple of years, our, our BCGs have become one of our biggest, uh, you know, families uh, in the product line that we offer. Yeah. Uh, and we do offer them in a, in a few different uh, shapes and flavors. But um, before we go into total, total details, I mean, what do you think makes our bolt carrier groups attractive? Is it is it the is it the material? Is it the finish? I mean, what what seems to you know pique people's interest the most? Uh, I think it's it's sort of both. Um, material wise, our bolt carrier is an eighty six twenty carrier. Our bolt is a ninety three ten uh, steel, which um, is different than mil spec. Mil spec is um, a carpenter one fifty eight, and ninety three ten is is pretty much just a direct upgrade from that uh all of its material properties are just slightly better uh, yeah. so so that's um that's an improvement uh we use an s7 uh tool seal on the extractor so um you know that's nice it's a shock resistant steel um and then finish wise um i think the the thing that makes our bolt carriers stand out is we do uh a super finishing to them it's a, a post machining process it's a uh mechanical chemical finishing process that um leads to a um really uh really low surface finish um mm -hmm. so you have uh a lot more um abrasion resistance they just they they feel smooth they yeah. feel slick yeah. And I mean, as, as far as that's concerned, and I will pan our camera down just a little bit here to show uh, a little bit of what we're looking at. And now for the camera, I've, I've pulled out some of our more, you know, fancy finishes just so they pop Very a little fancy. bit. It was super fancy. Uh, but obviously <laughs> here in our uh, standard black, this is one of our uh, nine millimeter full mass uh, blowback BCGs. And I think you could tell just from rubbing it, like the difference between this and a standard like mil spec finish, I mean, it just, you know, it feels smooth. It doesn't feel yeah. gritty. You don't feel like any machining lines or, or anything like that. But what are some of the other attributes of uh, of the nine mil here? So uh, the nine mil carriers are uh, both Colt and Glock mag compatible. And uh, then they also have a uh, rear weight that is removable. So um, if you need to to tune your rifle through, um, you know, buffer weights, uh, this gives you an option to do that. And then when we look at, um, I think probably one of our more popular ones, when you look at our uh, lightweight bolt carriers, now we only offer the lightweight in the 5.56, is that correct? Uh, yeah. Currently? Yeah. And what are some of the things that would distinguish our, um, you know, lightweight 5.56 from a either a standard full mass or even, you know, other types of, of lightweight. So, I mean, you know, distinguishing it from a full mass, uh, you know, is, is mass reduction, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> you know, that there are other companies that offer, uh, lightweight carriers. I think ours is, is nice in the sense that, um, it has a, uh, full auto trip on it and it also has serrations for a forward assist. So, uh, a lot of times on lightweight carriers, you see, uh, one or both of those features omitted. Um, and our design, you know, does include both those features. So I, I think if you talk about forward assist and forward assist usage, uh, 
you know, you get into sort of contentious opinion territory. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, so I'm sure whatever, uh, whatever posts this gets involved in are going to have all sorts of flames oh, yes. in comment sections Please about comment. Assist. I'm um, sure you will, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, um, it's a feature that, uh, is good to, to just check off, you know, it's, it's a feature to include that, um, you guys can argue about, you know, whether or not uh, they should be used, but uh, discuss amongst yourselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's something that um, we want to include the options for. So let's talk a little bit more about the super finish, if we can. Yeah. I mean, is that I mean, you say it's it's post machining. <laughs> do all of our bolt carrier groups still do like typical salt bath nitride and everything? Or is that still part of it? And then the super finish is in addition to prior to prior to prior to. So this is. um a process uh, before salt bath nitride uh, post machining. So, gotcha. um, yeah. Yeah. So overall smoothness and you're getting rid of, again, some of the issues that you would have with, you know, things locking up or even the finish just chipping starting to wear and, and look bad. Yeah. And, and, you know, sort of the, the washboard feel you sometimes get uh, from, from a bolt carrier body uh, riding on the uh, inside of an upper receiver, you know, a lot of that can be caused by, um, you know, machine machine tool marks, uh, you know, on surface finish finish issues uh, on the carrier, you know, and you know it, it'll slowly abrade at the interior of the uh, the upper receiver, you know, leaves leaves areas for for carbon and dirt and grit to sort of get into the system. Um, yeah. You know, so. so, and, and again, since you don't have that type of, you know, tooling mark or, you know, kind of the, that rigid washboard surface you were talking about, it's not going to collect that stuff. And it also makes it easier to clean. I yeah. imagine. Cause it's a, it's a smooth surface uh, to clean in general. Yeah. Right. The, uh, you know, the salt bath nitriding, the QPQ finish is, um, really nice itself for cleaning and uh you know when you're not also dealing with uh surface finish issues uh you know things wipe off pretty reasonably well now what are some things that people need to be aware of when they're shopping for a bolt carrier group you know for for their <laughs> rifle i mean obviously when we're talking nine mil blowback systems a little different than you know tuning a lightweight rifle uh, so you know we'll take the nine mil out of the equation for a little bit but when people are looking at like say a, a five five six uh a bolt carrier you know what are some things that they need to to keep in mind when shopping for one well i mean i think that keeping in mind whether you're buying a full mass or a lightweight carrier you know a, a lightweight carrier is is going to require uh tuning your system you know people who are in the market for a lightweight carrier are also probably in the market for an adjustable gas block or you know have some some concept in their head about um modifying gas hole sizes or uh yeah you know modifying buffer weights or buffer springs uh you know you're gonna need to tune your rifle in some way if, if you're you're shopping for a lightweight carrier um you know i, I think uh the difference between full mass carriers on the market um, sort of come down to things like um, like finishing and like coating. You know, do you want a, a salt bath nitrided carrier? Do you want um, a Meg Faust carrier? You know, which, uh, you know, I think would be, uh, you know, more mil spec carrier, um, you know, and, and then paying attention to steels. You know, I, I think that... Um, 
like I, you know, like I touched on earlier, the different steels and the makeup of the carrier, um, you know, are important. I mean, I mean, you'll see different offerings and, and I think that our offerings are better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we didn't, we wouldn't be talking right now. The, and I mean, we get this question, you know, a lot about all of our parts is, you know, is this mill spec? Is that mill spec? And, and sometimes I think people look at mill spec as the end all be all that's as high as you can get. But really for us, it, it's more of like a starting ground. Yeah. Like it's more like mill spec or better. And yeah. I think a lot of that comes into play with, you know, especially with uh, with the the steel uh, that you mentioned. Right. And and it has, it has a lot to do with uh, dimensions and tolerances. You know, mill spec is is a starting point. Um, you know, it's it's the bare minimum. Uh, right. You know, all of our parts uh, have have critical dimension tolerances that are better than mill spec. You know, so, so I, I think that. um yeah saying is a mill spec i mean that that should just be a given you right. know if, if you're shopping for a bolt carrier group that's that is really it, the minimum you can do uh you know what you want is something that that is um better than mill spec now you mentioned that uh like on these 556 five, carriers we have full auto capability is that true on the 9 mil as well uh yeah yeah, okay. Also true. Yeah. So I, I think those are those are all pretty big deals. I and and just to, I don't want to jump around too much, but hopping back to like you said, if if you're shopping for a lightweight carrier, you you got to be ready to adjust gas systems, adjustable gas block, maybe change buffer weights and things like that. Just out of curiosity, what would happen if somebody didn't adjust and they just threw a lightweight carrier into their rifle that hasn't been tuned? It would shoot pretty rough. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be super pleasant. You might get um, injection, you know, issues, you know, gas system related issues. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think I'd, I'd recommend just throwing one in there unless you have an idea of wanting to be tuning your rifle. And since we have them out in front of us, um, you know, our, our three kind of main finishes are our traditional black. Uh, then we have the gold color, which is a 10 PVD. Uh, and then we have the, the chameleon coating and the thing that you've told me about chameleon coating that I find insanely interesting mm -hmm. is that really no two are alike Yeah, because you're, you're basically forcing the chemical process to have an error. Is that right? Yeah. Right. So, um, so all the chameleon, uh, finishes start out as, uh, going for titanium nitride. So they, they start a cycle of titanium nitride in the, uh, in the machine. And then they force a malfunction in the machine, um, which ends the process earlier and, um, leads to a completely unpredictable coating. Um, and you know, it, it depends on where it's sitting in the chamber it depends on all sorts of factors there, yeah. there are tons of factors in the malfunction process that um that affect uh the the appearance of of the chameleon so yeah and i mean that's true when we do it on barrels it's true when we do it on bulk carrier groups if you get a chameleon item each one is really unique i yeah. mean it doesn't even matter if it's in the same batch like you're saying like where is yeah. it in the machine you right. know all of that is going to impact how the color pops out you know we'll get stuff back for product photos and things and it's like hey this one 
is more green than the last batch, or this one's more blue than the yeah. last batch, or this is more purple than the last batch. So each of these are uh, really, really, you know, unique in and of themselves. Yeah. And does the tin coating, so whether it's the chameleon or the gold with the PVD, does that add anything besides aesthetic? Uh, yeah, I mean, the uh, the tin coating itself is, is a... Um, it's a tool coating. I mean, that's that's where it comes from. Is is you know coating inserts and end mills and whatnot. Um, you know, and it provides uh, a lot of hardness, a lot of uh, wear and abrasion resistance. So so it it does have some uh, physical material properties that that are uh, positive. You know, the I mean, uh, salt bath nitride coating has has you know all those properties also. But um, you know, I, I think that these aren't just aesthetic coatings for for the the gold and the chameleon you know they they actually do have a lot of material property uh advantages to them yeah for sure well jay thank you for walking us through this uh, just like with barrels i mean bulk air groups it seems like there's hundreds and hundreds of options to make and stuff if somebody's you know making uh you know doing a new build or, or looking to upgrade uh their their uh, rifle build for sure don't forget that uh these are not just a thing that are available on our website we have a, a huge wonderful dealer network uh, obviously as we continue to stroll through the pandemic of 2020 um you know there's going to be a lot of these that uh hit the shelves of folks like uh, brownells and optics planet and so on before they they get back on our website stock so we are in full production of these items and we have uh, great product reviews on the website though if you go to factsandfirearms.com uh, you could click on parts and accessories and bulk carrier groups and check out the reviews uh, on all of our bcg SKUs uh, right there on the website so jay thank you for joining us thanks Justin. I think their product headline says it best, ring steel, not your ears. If you haven't checked out uh, episode 27 of the Facts and Blogging podcast, we actually spoke uh, to Jared from Caldwell Shooting about some of their uh, extensive line of hearing protection and accessories. One of the things that they sent out to us was a set of their Emac Shadows. And the nice thing about the Emac Shadows is not only are they excellent ear protection for the range, for training or even when you're just mowing your lawn or working with power tools uh, but they also are a bluetooth headset so if you're into earbuds and power beats and airpods and all that kind of thing you can still get great stereo sound dual microphones and device control all right here from the shadows and again when you use those foam tips uh, you also get a 25 db noise reduction rating as well so if you're out on the range all day, you're working on a project in the garage, you wanna to listen to music, you still need to take calls, that sort of thing, no need to be taken on and off the giant muffs. You could just have a pair of shadows in and you can find these over at caldwellshooting.com. And don't forget to check out our whole episode about hearing protection with Caldwell at factsandfirearms.com blog.
Well, it only took us about 27 episodes to get the snack segment back on. It's uh, very important. And uh, since Jay's on the, the main podcast this week, uh, we thought it would be a good way to start kicking these back off now. Before we go on, today's uh, Jay's World of Eats is uh, <laughs> brought to you by Lockdown. So we're giving uh, we're giving away uh, two items from Lockdown. Uh, one of the compact dehumidifiers. We actually use one of these here uh, in our office around the camera gear and such uh, really great device, as well as a lockdown get pucked uh, Yeti tumbler. Uh, so you can visit factsandfirearms.com slash blog, click on episode 29 uh, for all the ways that you could enter for that. And uh, let's dive into this. I'm a little nervous, Jay, because Jay has what I like to call a pretty wide palette. And uh, when we're in here in the office, <laughs> sometimes during lunch, he'll be like, oh, Dustin, Kurt, it's kimchi day. And then it'll be like kimchi day for like three days. And it gets progressively smellier and smellier as we go on. But but Jay, you and your wife, you guys do a lot of international travel. I mean, not right now with the pandemic, but right like, where all did you guys go last time? Um, last time we were in Indonesia and... Um we we're in Bali in Indonesia, and then um, we went to Japan. We were in Osaka and Kyoto and Tokyo. Yeah, all those places. I stayed in Ohio. Uh, but Jay brings back all these crazy snacks, and uh, and some of them freak me out a little bit. So let's go ahead and talk about some snacks. What did you bring today? So I brought some uh, rice crackers with uh, mini fishes. Many dried, uh, I don't know, anchovies, sardines, anchovies. Awesome. Okay. Uh, many, many dried fishes. Great. And they uh, still have their eyeballs. They still have eyeballs. Uh, the eyeballs crunch a little bit. Uh, the entire thing crunches. It's dry. <laughs> it's dry. It's delicious. Yeah. I like creatures <laughs> from the deep. Uh, so, <laughs> creatures from the deep. <laughs> I guess my thing is it freaks me out that it still has a face. Like, I don't go to the butcher, get a steak, and be like, yo, can I get half of that cow face still on there? All right. You're well, making a mistake, then. Uh, apparently. Uh, just like Phoebe Buffet would say, no food with a face. All right. What do you have uh, there, too? We also have some uh, Japanese rock uh, sugar crystals. Uh okay. guess they're, they're sort of known as uh, soot. So it's bright snacks uh, because in uh, the uh, movie Spirited Away, the soot sprites are carrying them to the uh, the main character at some point. You can probably cut to an image of this because it's a real nice image. Okay, uh, so. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, right. <laughs> so spray. I don't know. Studio Ghibli may it, have may have some restrictions worth, on using it. But. Yeah, it's uh, it's worth a Google. Jay, how do you know what you're eating? These are all in. Asian characters. Uh, well, occasionally I try the uh, the Samsung uh, translator on this, but uh -huh. you know, usually get sort of hilarious results. Uh, so, okay. uh, look at pictures, dive in. Yeah, go ahead and open <laughs> that bad boy up. Oh my god. Okay, Dustin. Here what we is go. that? Is that like little sushis? Well, so these are like rice crackers with some like little seaweed wrap on them. Okay. They're good. All right. They're right. Oh, God. You guys see this? Oh, fishes? 
fishing bait. This is bait. <laughs> this is fish food. This is what fish eat. It's delicious. Hmm? All right. Make sure to crunch on those eyeballs. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe more of an afternoon snack, less of a breakfast time snack. Why is it kind of sweet? <laughs> oh, that's bad. I don't like that at all. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's try one of the... <laughs> I think there's an eyeball in my molar. <laughs> Which is a weird sentence. I've never had to say I think there's I an think eyeball, there's in, an my eyeball in my molar. <laughs> okay. And these are just like sugar. These are just like uh, rock candy. Right. They're delicious. I don't think the colors actually have any flavor. Okay. I could deal with the rock candy. What do you have? Jay, here in America, we eat Chex Mix. <laughs> now, my personal favorite is the rye chips. Mm, the rye chips are good. The rye chips are delicious. Jay, where do you buy this stuff? Mm. Well, Dustin, I didn't want to tell you before you ate it, but... Oh. This was imported back from Japan six months ago, so it may be on its way out also. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, that has been Jay's World of Eats. I'm going to go down a whole bottle of Listerine uh, after this segment, but don't forget that this week's segment is brought to you by our friends at Lockdown. They have everything for your gun safe in your vault uh, and more. I mean, they have products that will help you if you have a wine cellar or you're traveling and you want to keep your hotel room safe. Uh, but this is definitely a product that we love here, the compact dehumidifier, and also who doesn't love a free Yeti tumbler. Make sure you visit factsandfirearms.com slash blog, episode 29. And click on that for all of the ways to enter. Thank you, Jay. You want those last fish head? No, thank you. <laughs> that is all yours. <laughs> so, Pat, let's talk some audience questions, if you don't mind. All right. Okay. So, uh, for the last couple of weeks, we've been letting you know that you can email podcast at factsandfirearms.com to get uh, some of your questions answered on the air, as well as to give feedback, uh, topic ideas, guest suggestions. We'd love to hear from you. So feel free to email us and we will do our best uh, to get these on the air. If you ask when 18 inch gunner barrels are going to be in stock, that will not be answered <laughs> on the air, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, so our first one is uh, actually from right here in Ohio. Mike from North Canton asked, do you really make your barrels from scratch? Patrick? We do. Um, it, it's actually amazing to me when I started in this industry, not realizing how many people don't, sure. um, you know, and then working here for a little bit, that was just kind of the expectation. So you end up talking to some other companies and they go, yeah, we make barrels. And then you talk a little bit further and goes, ah, you don't, you know, yeah. um, so, <laughs> so that's a little bit of a bragging thing that we have. Um, right. You know, it's something we take a lot of pride in. You go out onto our floor any given day, there's a semi in there unloading bundles of steel. Right. Um, you know, we have, we have, chrome molly vanadium and and stainless steel coming in every week every other week um, we've got big cranes that run through the building that have to pick up the bundles and and then it gets turned into a barrel from there 
Right. So that's not something um, every company in the industry can say. Yeah. And to go along with that, I, I think some people don't realize that some barrel companies, you know, they're they're turning from blanks. You mm -hmm. know, they're, they're taking something that's, you know, already been basically trimmed down or rifled or at whatever various state and, you know, profiling it, branding it, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. But the stuff that happens here, yeah, I mean, it's, it's bundles of raw stock that get dropped off and then pretty much everything from the, you know, rifling, profiling, mag particle, heat treating, like it all happens. Like, yep. yeah, like it's, it's not something that, uh, you know, that we just, you know, order in a bunch of yeah, you know, yeah, pre -done the, the stuff. most critical aspect of a barrel is the bore, the quality of the bore. Um, profile can play an impact into the performance, but it that will never be more important than than the quality of the bore, and that's what and we make that in house. Yeah, um, and that's that's kind of a separating factor between a company that is making barrels and a company that's profiling or finishing barrels. Right. So, um, you know, a lot of people can profile and finish them. Uh, but it's a kind of select group that actually drills reams and rifles the bore. And I think, I can't remember if I was talking to Joey or Jay about this, but it was, you know, back in the early days of the A-Rack and people were asking, you know, oh, well, who makes your barrel? And they were like, uh, we do. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and that, and that was born out of necessity. Um, yeah. You know, we had equipment that could work for it from the oil and gas days um, that had to be modified to make it work. But um, when you're a small company and you have a proprietary platform that does not use a standard barrel and you go to a barrel company to say, hey, we need these and and you want to buy 20 or 30 or you're prototyping and you need 10, they they won't talk to you. So it's right. like, well, we we need this right. and we need to be able to make what we need in whatever quantity we need them in. Um, so that was that was born out of necessity. Yeah. For and, sure. and it's grown into something pretty big. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. All right. So thank you, Mike, for that. The next question is from uh, Lenny. He's in Grand Island, Nebraska. I'm assuming Lenny's a dude. I apologize if you're Lenny the girl uh, from Grand Island, Nebraska. Um, the question, it's a two-parter. What would you say makes Faxon stand out from other mainstream firearms manufacturers? And then what do uh, we offer that that others don't? Pat, maybe I'll pose it to you this way. You know, before you were at Faxon, you you worked behind the counter at mm -hmm. a gun shop and shooting range. You know, when you think maybe back to those days of uh, other firearms manufacturers or parts and accessories and manufacturers, you know, at similar price points where we are. You know, what what would be kind of the, the give and take or would something that would make Faxon, you know, an attractive brand in, the, in that area? Um, in, in the complete firearm side of things, um, a big selling point was barrels. Um, a lot of people don't really pay that much attention to where the barrel comes from, how it's made, what it's made of. Um, and, and that is so critical to the function of your firearm. And and a lot of people just don't 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 give it that much credence when it when it is it is the I mean, between the bolt and the barrel, it is, that's the heart of your rifle, mm -hmm. um, especially when you're talking AR-15 platforms. So uh, I think another major thing about Faxon is we're a family owned business. Um, a lot of people can relate to that in, yeah. in, in the U.S., you know, um, 
a lot of people built their business from the ground up with their family. You know, up until a year and a half ago, Bob and Barry's mom was coming into work every day, you know, yeah. at, at, at 95 years old. I mean, yeah. she was test firing. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Ballistics <laughs> testing. Yeah. 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 So she made solitaire was made sure solitaire was running yeah. right on that computer <laughs> at all times. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Somebody has to do it. You know, it, it has a, uh, a, a different level of importance when, your name is on the product. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. You know, it, it's, and there's a lot of firearms businesses uh, that, that have that, but I'm not. But the family is long gone. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. when you look at the the historical giants that it, I think there's a little bit of a separation Yeah, and, and, you know, that could be us someday too, you know, sure. hopefully we get that big. Right. But, um, you know, when, when it's somebody's, somebody's family name on a product, it means something a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a ton of respect for Bob and Barry. So the fact that I go out and sell products with their name on it, you know, they, they trust me to essentially speak for the family name. Right. You know, and that, that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, you, you know, know, we're not a big publicly traded, yeah. some sort of conglomerate, which again, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think in the era that we live in where, Shop local, think mm -hmm. family, kind of the age of authenticity type of stuff. I, I mean, I know even when I was applying for the job, I just loved the fact that I, I could point on a map, mm -hmm. you know, where this company is and where all the stuff is coming from. You know, it's uh, I think that is a a huge, huge deal, um, you know, for folks, especially especially if they are wanting or willing to shop outside of some of the the traditional kind of mainline, mm -hmm. you know, manufacturers, uh, if, if you will. Yeah. And, and when you look at complete firearms, you know, not everybody makes every part in house. You know, there are some components that that we have made out of house that are still made to our standards and our requirements and, and still meet our inspection. Yeah, but levels. they end up coming through here. Exactly. Anyway. And, yeah. And, and you know, it, it all comes here. It all gets built. It all still gets stamped with our name. Um, yeah. you know, so that's, you know, that fax and name and that fax and logo is a, it is a stamp of approval, you know, yeah. it's saying that we're, we're okay. And we're happy with this going out the, out the door. Yeah, you know, for to a sure. customer, because when you're talking firearms, you don't know how that's going to be used. You don't know if that's going to be shot at a range on the weekend for fun, or you don't know if that's going to be picked up when somebody kicks in somebody's door. Right. You know, so so there's a, a level of seriousness that you have to take. And and again, when a family name's tied to that, I think it it, it adds a little bit to it. Yeah, for sure. And I, I would say, too, for the, you know, what do we offer that others don't? And I, and I know a lot of people have uh, kind of kind of similar things, but uh, something we've really been trying to re um, I want to say, like, I don't want to say retool, but kind of make known again is that, you know, we do have a lifetime guarantee on, mm -hmm. on our products. And that's something you can find out more about that uh, on our on our website and on some of our new uh, promotional content, uh, just reminding people like that's there if there's really something wrong, um, you know, that came from us, you know, we're, we're going to do everything we, we can to make it right. Yeah. And we've even had situations where it wasn't our product and it didn't come from us. Yeah. We just had one last week that uh, a guy had a nine millimeter upper, uh, was having all kinds of issues with it. Um, 
we tried to troubleshoot it, sent him some parts, you know, thought maybe firing pin or spring or something was causing the issue. Eventually sent him a whole new carrier. Uh, when we replace products, we send the product, the, the replacement first. We'll give you a label. It comes back to us. It, his carrier comes back wasn't ours yeah <laughs> so, so problem number one yeah <laughs> so um you know when when situations like that happen it's you know you just tell the customer hey now you've got a fax and carrier and we know it's going to work right um so you know that that is something that that we take a lot of pride in and we make sure the the customer's taken care of you know in the manufacturing world not not everybody's perfect 100% of the time. So there will be issues. And I, I think customers are understanding as long as you take care of it when there is an issue and you're, you're responsive and you make sure they get what they need and, you know, get, get things back up and running. Yeah. And I'm, you know, just anecdotally, you know, when there is a, a weirder or bigger, you know, customer service thing that comes through, you know, we all meet every morning, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of it's been remote these days, but you know, customer service, sales, marketing, COO, accounting and finance, uh, JR product director, we're all on the same call every morning. Uh, and and if something's crazy, you yeah. know, it's like, hey, guys, we saw this thing come through. What do you think? Uh, so the people that are hearing about it, it's not just stopping with customer service. Mm -hmm. And then right after we finish that call, you and the other half go on to the engineering call yeah. uh, that happens every, every morning as well. So, you know, these things get... Uh, get pretty much well run through the ringer so pat thank you for joining us happy to be here all right uh we'll, we'll definitely have pat on again and hopefully you enjoyed that footage of uh, the new building and uh pat drilling some things into a workbench looking all muscular and official <laughs> <laughs> but uh again if you do have uh questions for us or you have comments ideas etc for the podcast please feel free to email us podcast at factsandfirearms.com Thanks for checking out episode 29 of the Facts and Blog and Podcast. As always, if you have any questions, comments, guest ideas, or topic ideas, we'd love to hear them. You can email us at podcast at factsandfirearms.com, and we would love for you to subscribe on your favorite video or podcasting app. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. You could even say, hey, Google, play the Facts and po uh, Blog and Podcast, and it'll be right there for you. You could also catch the video versions on YouTube, Facebook Watch, and Instagram, and now Vimeo as well. So make sure that you check those out and click the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. With our upcoming move and expansion to our new Westchester facility, Faxon Firearms is looking to grow our Cincinnati, Ohio-based team. At present, we are looking for professionals in shipping and receiving, quality inspection, CNC lathe, and CNC milling. If you are interested in joining the team for one of these or other positions, you can find current openings posted on LinkedIn, Indeed, and Facebook Jobs. You can also email your resume and cover letter to jobs at faxandfirearms.com. Join us in our legacy of quality, innovation, and service at Fax and Firearms.